And it's a privilege once again to come before you with the word of God. And as you know, we are going through the Grow Up series. I mean, when someone says grow up, it sounds like an insult, you know. But this morning, we want to grow up in trusting God, in believing what God is doing in our life. And as much as we'll be talking about Paul's life, I want to relate this to our own personal growth, how we approach God's word, how we, we get in into prayer, how serious we take some of these things because doing them effectively is what will help us grow up and trust God. And I have seven questions for you. You don't, they are rhetorical anyway, so you don't need to answer me, but you answer them yourself. I want to take my first scripture reading from Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to 17. And I, I, I want these readings done in the NLT. Um, I start from 12. It says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, know that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Verse 15 says, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know that I've been appointed to defend the good news. 17 says, those others do not have pure motives. As they preach about Christ, they preach out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. Amen. You see, Paul wrote four books or four letters to some churches. I have some acronyms for them. Um, I call it SEP, just to remind myself. If you want to adopt that, that is good. It is Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Philemon. The SEP um, um, scrolls. That he sent to this church. Now he, he knew that it is difficult to follow Christ in difficult times. Paul knew that it's difficult to follow them, so he advises the church or admonishes the church that look, do not focus on the circumstance, the things you are going through, but it is needful for you to trust God and His word. Trust God about what you have spoken to him. And, and so, th this letter, I, um, the, the, uh, Philippians, is in line with 2 Timothy. If you read 2 Timothy carefully, you realize it is Paul's personal advice to his son, Timothy. And I'll encourage you to read them. I'll encourage you to read Philippians along with Timothy because those are highlights and, and advice for you to grow up. He says at some point, do not let anyone look down on you. Sometimes we look down on ourselves. Sometimes we look at the things we are going through and we get depressed about. But today I want to highlight to you that not every, none of us here is going through a smooth sail. At least every one of us here is going through some morning. But we do not look at the morning. We lift up our eyes. Hallelujah. This morning, if you thought <clears throat> Pastor Garrett is free, you are lying. 
If you thought it's all well for me, no, you are lying. But Bible says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are you if you do. Because if you mourn, then you will lift up your eyes and look up to him. From whence cometh your help? David said, I lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? Your help is not coming from the government. Your help is not coming from the local council. Yes, God dispenses certain things for us. But our help comes from him. This morning, if anything is not sufficiently adequate and you are still looking for God's intervention in your life, lift up your eyes and look at him. Hallelujah. But it didn't happen to Paul just from day one. He had to do certain things. You see, Jesus expects a graduation from us. He says, in, says, I know you as disciples or you followed me. Now, I no longer call you disciples, but I call you friends. This morning, one of my questions to you is, are you just a follower, a disciple or a friend? Answer that question yourself. Because there are so many people who follow certain people like Justin Bieber and uh, maybe Madonna, see? <laughs> and, and Katie Price. You follow them. If, if I went through your Twitter or something like that and see the people you are following, I, I would get to know the sort of... See, you're only following them trying to get their interests and, and their views and what they are saying and what they understand if, if you are doing that with christ you are missing the point because jesus is not a celebrity he calls us from following into disciple you know what a disciple means it's, it's, it's disciplined someone who learns from him someone who listens to him someone who who desires that he is with him all the time and then in verse uh, 15 of John, he says, I no longer even call you disciples. I call you my friend. This morning, can you boldly say, I am a friend of God? Or God is my friend? Can, can you, if I ask you that question, are you a disciple or you are a friend of God? I call Jesus my friend. I have made Jesus my friend. In fact, I've, I've turned my back completely to the world and daily assess and analyze myself and say, God, if there be anything in me, take it out. And have your own rule in my life. And that is what Paul did. Paul was completely sold out. And that is the song our music team were singing. They've sung that twice. My heart is abandoned for you. My hands are lifted for you. You see, I was listening to Casting Crown this, this, this week. I did a song. It's a, it's a song called Jesus at a Distance. And I will encourage you to listen to that song. Listen to some, some of the lyrics from it. It says, I've been keeping Jesus at a distance. So afraid to let him close, get close to the two lives I've been living. As if he couldn't see them both. Close enough to feel the warmth of the fire far enough far enough away for me to hide but i'm tired of walking the wire 
between the darkness and the light. Sometimes, the song is talking about living two lives, casting crown song. And it says that we have a face we bring to church and another face in our normal Monday to Friday, Saturday kind of thing. Two personalities. But this morning, I encourage you to be all out. Be sold out for Christ. As I said, Paul was completely sold out. He, this, this, this is advice for the son Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 11. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle and a teacher of the good news. But he says, that is why I'm suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it. For I know whom I have believed. Or I know who I have trusted. And I'm sure that he's able to guard what I have entrusted him until that day. Can you say the same thing? I know whom I believed. I wish you could say that to yourself. That I know God whom I believed. I know Christ whom I've trusted. Knowing some of the places we come from. I had only one option, but to trust in Jesus. If it were not so, our lives would have been destroyed. Our lives would turn out to be something else. You see, the Philippian church were worried about how the church will move on. What is happening? Paul, our leader, is, 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 is being arrested. But you know what? If you listen to the letter carefully, apparently the soldiers... Who came to him were being converted. So he writes back to him and said, Don't worry. I know what I've committed to God. I've committed the church to God. And so he, if, if you read it, what, what, we, what we read earlier, it says the whole palace guard are now preaching. Can you imagine being chained to Paul? Do you know Paul, the apostle? Just imagine being chained to him. So as the man is being chained in his house arrest, these four soldiers who were around him, the message of the gospel was getting to them. So for every six hours, they changed these people. So soldier number four, number one, two, three, four, are going with the gospel. They've converted. So apparently, the palace guard now started talking about the message of Jesus. My personal life lesson is that sometimes we worry too much for God. We Focus too much on matters we have no business in. Now, if you intend in knowing God, learn not to focus on the things you are going through, but set your eyes on Him. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 2 and 3 says, Open the gate for all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. God has called you to enter. Now it says, you will keep him in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on you. May I encourage you to lift up your eyes and let your mind stay on Jesus. Let your mind stay on him because whilst you do that, you are building a trust in him. But you see, it, it doesn't only just start here. It starts by you having a connection, a relationship with God. And that's what we are trusting that you will be built up trusting in him, growing in him. 
to the extent that when situation come your way, you know what you have told God and he's able to deliver you from so. Listen to this, this um, um, three Hebrew boys. Whom after going through all kinds of problems, all kinds of troubles. Listen, listen to um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3 verse 6. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to King Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves in this matter before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve. Can you say that? God whom I serve. You are not confident. You are not confident. The God whom I serve will deliver me. See, when you come into any situation, be confident in God that the God whom you serve will deliver you. If you can't be confident that God will deliver you, then our sitting here is in vain. Can I say that again? If you can't be confident that God will deliver you, then don't waste your time. He says, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve the gods or the golden statue you have set up before us. These guys have built a solid relationship with God. Like Paul, he said, I know whom I've believed. Grow up trusting in the Lord. Know that he will show up. This morning, trust him a bit more. You see, but sometimes we look at the situation around us and we start complaining. We start murmuring. You know what happens to you? Let's go to Numbers chapter um, 21. I want to show you something there. When the children of Israel left Egypt, God brought them to a place and then I think there was some shortage of food, maybe water and something else and these guys started complaining. Listen to them. Then the people of Israel returned to Mount Hall and from there continued southward along the road to the Red Sea in order to go around the land of Edom. The people were discouraged. They began to murmur against God and to complain against Moses. See, sometimes when things don't go well, we, we murmur against God and the leadership. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in here in the wilderness? And they whined. There's nothing here to eat and nothing to drink. And we hate this insipid manner. Some translations say despicable. Deserving hatred and contempt. Despicable manner. We hate it. See, so, so the Lord sent poisonous snakes among them to punish them. Many of them were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried that we have sinned. For we have spoken against Jehovah and against you. Pray to, for God to take away these uh, snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Now listen to what the Lord did. Then the Lord said to him, make a bronze replica of these snakes and attach it to the top of the pole. Anyone who is bitten shall live if he simply looks up. I'm talking about looking up, lifting up your eyes, if you follow me. So Moses made a replica and anyone who had been bitten looked up and were recovered. 
What is this story here? See, anytime you see the word manna, be very careful with it. Don't take it for granted. Manna represents the word of God for you. See, God supplied this in abundance. But it was every man's duty to get up every morning, go and take a portion and eat. You see, you don't just go out, pick up a manna, come and start eating. And that is why they said it's insipid. It was tasteless. The manna itself, white as it was, was so tasteless. But each time they came home, they had to mix it with spices. And the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it says, The word that they received that time did not benefit them because they did not mix it with faith. They picked up the manna. You mix it with spices. It becomes sweet for you. But the people who were complaining just went for the manna. And they didn't mix it with spices. And so it, it was tasteless to them. You see, that is how some people treat the word of God this day. They just listen to it. Ah, I heard this before. It won't benefit you. You won't grow in the Lord. See, but when you, 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 you go for your shopping, you don't just buy eggs. Say, oh, eggs. You crack it. You drink it. You turn to the flour. And then you start chopping it in your mouth. You don't do that, do you? You methodically sit down, crack it, add the eggs, add this, add that. You, you stir it up and make some beautiful cake out of it, don't you? And that is how we should treat the word of God. Grabbing the word of God, listening to the word of God, which has been made so available like manna today. That you cannot learn the whole Genesis revelation in a day. You only sit down and grab a little portion and so when Jesus was speaking to you, he says, I am the bread, the manna who came from heaven. That every man should ought to get up, take a portion and eat. And so he taught his disciples to pray, saying that, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, da, 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 da. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't believe he was talking about the food we eat, because even ants without praying can eat. But I, if, if, if I had my own way, I would change it to give us this day your daily word. And so, we need a daily word from the Lord. In every morning, go up, buy your table, open your Bible, grab a daily manna. And say, God, what have you got to speak to me today about? That is building relationship. That is speaking to the Lord. And, and, and asking him for a word for the day. A word for today. To strengthen you. You see, if you're not careful, you, you live looking around you and complaining all the time, even forgetting to give thanks to the Lord. When was the last time you actually said, Father, I thank you for this morning? It's not a perfect day. I've not seen a perfect day, but I thank you. I bless you. I lift up my eyes to you. Father, strengthen me. Have you thanked God this morning? What about the last week? Sometimes you easily forget to do that. Paul mentioned uh, Hermeneus. I was checking the name and it simply means uh, hyena. There's an African story written about the hyena. It is one of the most ungrateful animals. No matter what you do to it, it will bite you. And the writer was saying that it's like carrying someone on your back from dawn. To the end of the day, when you felt tired, instead you started dragging the, 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 the person. 
and all the person remembers is the dragon. You don't remember the sat on your neck. Sometimes we remember bitterly the things that are, have happened to us so badly that we forget to recount the goodness of God in our lives. This morning, well, may I encourage you to lift up your eyes from whence, to see from whence your, li- your, your life comes from. Paul, in encouraging the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, workers in us exceeding and eternal glory, while we look not at the things which are before us, but the things which are unseen. For the things which we see are temporal, but the things which we do not see are eternal. This morning, I don't know what you are going through. I have my own challenges. I have my, my own things I'm going through, but my eyes is on Jesus. Because I take his word and allow his word to challenge my circumstance. And so I have confidence in him. So, so grow up trusting in him. That, build that deep relationship with him. And how do you do that? If you want to do that, you will have to regularly repent and confess your sins. Ah, don't come and tell me I'm a sinner. All have sinned. All of us. All of us. And I've turned from God. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us and help us. Amen? So, we need to understand that we have no control over what comes our way. We have no control over certain things. If God permits, he will deliver you from. But as far as it is needful, build your trust in the Lord and his word. May I encourage you to not joke with the word of God. Not joke with, with prayer. Allowing his word to have a place in your life. I learned something in Isaiah chapter 55 last two weeks or so. And it's talking about the earth and the rain that falls upon it. See, the Bible attributes your heart to the earth. Now, the Bible is saying that the rain that falls on the ground, the ground has nothing to do other than to receive. If you receive the engrafted word, it's able to change your soul. If you allow the word of God to settle on your heart, like the earth, your heart has no option than to be fruitful. But most of the time, we don't allow the heart to absorb the word of God. When you absorb the word of God, when you take in the word of God, certain things in your life cannot stay. Certain elements and afflictions of life would leave and depart. And so I encourage you to meditate on God's word. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I go through the normal day-to-day hustle. I'm almost awake at every 4 a.m. thinking about work and going through the landing. I'm catching the bus. I'm catching the train and going all out there. But I've built my trust in Jesus. I've built my life on Jesus. And I know you have. And I know you have challenges and 
Sometimes you may be asking, are you telling me that um, um, you do this all the time? <sighs> no. There are moments where I forget to pray. I said the alarm, oh, okay, I'll, I'll pray. But no, no, not all the time. But when I remind myself, I put myself in check. There are times where, oh, I should be reading the word of God today. Maybe the last two days I've not done it. But I check myself. I'm not saying that you, you, you must be robotic and, and, and just set stranger time. No, 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 no. You are human. But may I encourage you that wherever you have turned, always reset your compass and turn to the Lord. And allow his word to have a place in you. See, the key thing is allowing the word to settle in your heart. When the word settles in your heart, what God is saying becomes meaningful to you. You are able to speak to him and build that relationship. And that when that relationship is built, you automatically grow up trusting him, believing in him, knowing that Whatever he has said concerning your life shall be established. Have that deep faith in him. Have that deep faith in him. See, the other thing is to read about others. Sometimes you think that whatever you are going through, nobody has been through. But Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says that whatever was written aforetime was written for our learning. That through the comfort and the patience in the scriptures, we will have hope. So when you read about Abraham, the things he went through, you relate to what he went through. Read about Daniel and then relate to what he went through. Read about Esther. If you are taking a decision, if you want to know the outcome of something, look at how Esther did it and follow suit. And by so do you realize that because these people were sold out for him, you sell out your life for him. God will show up. Look, even if it's just one day left, God will show up. I've seen many instances where God has shown up in my own life. I've seen many instances where God has shown up in other people's lives. Our God is real. Jesus is real. And he's working miracles in his people. He's working in, in our lives. So, so let, let us forgo the pain we are going through. But Bible says that they are for a moment. And lift up our eyes and look to him. Trust him. Trust him. The snakes may be biting us. But as long as you remain human, that was a prophecy God gave. It says, thou snake, the earth will you eat the days of your life. Remember we are created from the earth? So the snakes, the afflictions of life, will affect man. But God gave a condition. But... Through the offering of the child, through the coming of Jesus Christ, your head will be stamped. Hallelujah. You see, the challenges may come, but we have an indwelling Christ. We have a living Lord. That when you allow him to rule and reign in us, oh, no weapons forged against us shall prosper. Whatever comes our way, we are more than conquerors. Because we have fixed our faith. We have fixed our eyes on him. In closing, 
You see, I said all these things to let you know that the suffering of Christ is not complete. Christ suffered to become an example for us. So as Paul was suffering, being in prison, writing all these letters, we are to continue in the suffering of Christ. I want to conclude by reading verse 29 to 30. For unto you, that is Philippians chapter 1 verse 29. For unto you is given on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. 30 says, having the same conflict which he saw in me now, here to be in me. Paul considered suffering a privilege. And we don't naturally consider suffering as a privilege. But our suffering has this additional benefit. It takes our eyes of earthly comfort and without superficial believers. It also strengthens our faith and causes us to endure. But it provides an example for us to follow, especially for those who have been through the people of old. And gives us a model that we must be there for other people. You see, not everyone may be as you are. But just be, leave God that God is working certain things in your life. As you grow in him, he makes you a model. There's a lot of work to be done in the city. There's a lot of work to be done in the community. And so sometimes we must forgo our own comfort and be there for other people. But if we can do that, we must grow up and trust God. We must grow up in our trust for God. We must grow up in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and allow his power to work through us. Amen. Let us seek to grow up. Let us seek to know him more intimately. Not from just following Jesus, but graduate from being a disciple to become his friend. Will you be a friend of Jesus? Where you can get up in the morning and speak to him. Oh, hello. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but that's what we do sometimes. And occasionally you hear him talking back to you. Last week I heard from the Lord and it was so exciting. He spoke back. We're talking about friendship here. Since because you are my friends, when you ask of me anything, I will do it. Hallelujah. And then I, 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 I want to remind you to take the word of God very seriously. When you see manna, I see manna and I'm excited. I want to have the manna on my iPad and my iPhone. I wonder if I took your phone and scrolled through what I will see. Yeah, see, don't tell me. Yeah, but see what I mean? Be filled, surrounded with the word of God. The engrafted word that is able to change you and eat this word very often. Sometimes when I sit by my big Eba and Christ you and I'm eating, I think about the word of God. I do that by feeding three times a day as food. And I wonder, why don't we have the word of God with us three times a day? Because Jesus relates the bread with the word. So, when you eat God's word or when you eat your food, remember that there's a replica 
of it for your soul. Get used to the word of God. Trust God for what he said. By so doing, you build a connection, a relationship with him. Don't just take the word of God and say, oh, but mix it with faith. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. See, be careful what you tell yourself. Rather than, oh, as for me, I'm so miserable. Oh, as for me, uh, Africans have a way of saying it. My head is dead. No, never say that. You are the head and not the tail. God, you will turn up for my good. This situation will change for my good. This, this things remain. I mean, it's like a, a sea, I see. But before I realize, I walk through it. I rise in confidence in the word of God because by proclaiming it, you make a way for yourself. It says, it says um, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and thou shalt make your way prosperous. Check it. It didn't say God will make your way. It says you will make your way prosperous. But how you meditate on it and allow the word of God to take effect in you. God bless you.